Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Cedar Valley Church this morning. My name is Grant. And my name is Doug. We're two of the pastors here at Cedar Valley, and we want to welcome you here this morning. Happy Second Advent. You know what? Yeah. It's getting cooler out. The lights on the houses are awesome to see. What a great time of year. Yeah, it feels right, right? Like, first Advent in November, is already, it just hits us by surprise. We're into December now, so... This is good stuff. It's a good stuff. Yeah. yeah, we're happy you've joined us this morning. And if this is one of your first times checking out Cedar Valley Church online, a special welcome to you. We're so glad you're here and we would love to get to know you better. And with an online service like this, it sometimes seems a little, you know, impersonal, but trust me, it is actually very personal. We're on the chat. We're monitoring stuff like that. We would love to get to know you. We just need you to reach out back to us. So you can send us an email, hello at cedarvalley.ca. Throw a comment or message us on YouTube or Facebook, wherever you're joining us at. And we just love to get in touch. Yeah, and one of the really great things that we're doing this year is the reverse advent calendar. Grant, what's the deal with that? Yeah, all right, yeah, reverse, right? What a weird statement, but you know what we wanna do is, we're pretty used to stuff like an advent calendar with chocolates every day, getting gifts under the Christmas yeah. tree. We wanna flip this on his head, so reverse it, turn it around yeah. backwards. Yeah. And we wanna be, as a church, this is, like, this is our big thing this Christmas. We're really excited because we wanna give back as hard oh, and best as yeah. we can, as a church, as a community, and and so here's the gist of it. What we're asking is for every day of December, so December 1st, 2nd, 3rd, mm -hmm. once a day, to take something in your house, a non-perishable food item or a needed household item, something like that, put it into a hamper or a box. And on December 24th, Christmas Eve, we're gonna be collecting all together, all of us in this church community, friends, neighbors, whoever you're inviting to join you with this, we're gonna go down to St. Joseph's Food Bank and just bless our community for those in need. We're gonna fill that place to the brim. And this is like, this is our Christmas Eve service, right? Yeah. And kind of like a Christmas parade in a sense, yeah. eh? all lighting up, dropping the food off. How awesome is that gonna be? I, I can't yeah. wait, you know, it's yeah. gonna be a ton of fun. Yeah. And you know what, yeah, so we're inviting everybody to do that. It is not too late to join in either. And yeah. uh, you know, you can actually get to, we, we've made this nice calendar online that has uh, just, you know, the needed food yeah. items you need for yeah. every single day. You can download that, cedarvalley.ca, get all the information you need from that. And in fact, too, I'll just give an invite, uh, follow us on Instagram or Facebook because we're posting there regularly, yeah. devotional, stuff like that. We have an email newsletter you can sign up for uh, at cedarvalley.ca and it just has all that kind of information like this going there. But it's not too late to join in. I think we're already a few days into this. Doug, do you have any like fun stories you've heard about this? You know, this? I really do. Two, two things that have already come our way. A few days in, we've just been getting into this, but we've had a couple calls to the church already saying, you know what? I think my neighbor across the street might be really interested in something like this. So they've come, they've got a calendar, they brought it across the street and their neighbor's saying, what a great idea to be a part of the community. Mm -hmm. And then just the other day, I had a mom when I was talking to her. She's got a couple of little kids in the house and when I was talking to them in the parking lot, actually, as they were heading into preschool, the little guy said, you know what? I got up this morning, I opened my calendar, and I had a piece of chocolate, and then I went to the pantry, I got a food item, and I put it in the box for the reverse calendar. Oh, How cool was that? That's fun. Let's make this a new tradition, eh? No kidding. Oh, what yeah. a good thing. Yeah. Hey, and you know, just one last thing I wanna give a shout out there for too is we are doing a gingerbread house competition. 
And so some of you may have signed up already for that today at 12 o'clock to one o'clock, 1.30, whichever, we'll wait around for you. Uh, if you've signed up for a gingerbread house kit, you can pick that up at Cedar Valley Church. And in fact, if you are just hearing this for the first time, you know what, there's still probably a few kits left. We would love for you to be part of that because what we're doing is providing anybody who is interested in it, even if it's friends, family, neighbors, whatever, with a gingerbread house kit, get wild, creative, make the weirdest, coolest contraption you can, take a picture of it, submit a photo of it online, and then we're giving away a free family photo shoot coming in the new year. How great is that? You know what, this is all for fun, but for those of you who are a little bit competitive, like myself, this is straight for you as well. This, yeah. This is gonna be great. Yeah, we'll have to put a limitation on, I think, the Pankratz clan there, because you guys go big for contests like this. No doubt, we do, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. But one of the things we also wanted to let you know is that we have been so blessed and appreciate your support for the church. It's been a difficult, challenging time. We understand that. But it's because of you and your faithful giving that we're able to continue to do the ministries that we do um, to the children, to the youth, even to those as we think and reach out into the community. Mm -hmm. So we just want to really say thanks for doing that. Absolutely. And if you did join us this morning and you're prepared to give or you're looking for ways to do that, we've made a number of ways available to do that online safely, e-transfer, online giving. You can do direct bank transfers, stuff like that. Head over to our website, cedarvalley.ca slash give. Otherwise, we do still have office hours going on here at the church building. And you know what? We just want to start this morning off with some prayer, just blessing that, blessing the giving, letting God really multiply our efforts here as best right. as possible. So join me in that. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. God, we thank you for this sunny, warm, cool, crisp winter season. It's, it's a fun feeling. We can see a shift in the season, which sometimes remind us a shift in thinking that now we're expecting and waiting to celebrate the arrival of your son, Jesus Christ. And we love that part of the season. God, we just pray that you take what's been given to the work and ministry of Cedar Valley here and multiply it. God, and give us as staff here the vision to see how we can bless the community, give it back and pour out your love, God, your grace and your truth and message to the city of Mission, God, to our neighbors around us. We also just pray that you are in everybody's household who is joining us this morning from wherever it might be. And God, it might not even be right now on this Sunday morning, but off in the future that you just use what is uh, learn today the leading in worship, God, the lesson for the kids, and you just make this an impact in our lives, that we can take it as a truth, that we can take it as a transformation, and we can work towards loving you better and bringing your good news to our, our community. So God, we pray all these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Now, we're going to continue on with our worship here this morning, and we're going to do some singing together. Not long ago, our team had an opportunity to go out to Firwood Forest and record some music there specifically for Christmas. But just before we get into that, what else is going to happen this morning, Grant? Well, you know, we've got an awesome lesson from Kate, who's bringing us it just for the kids. She's talking about what Jesus the Messiah means. Like, Messiah is a weird word. Yeah. And like, what does that mean, yeah. right? It's a weird word with yeah. huge implications, huge meaning for us. So I know Kate's going to bring the lesson of that for the kids. Yeah. And Rob is going to be doing the same thing for the adults, actually. We're talking about Second Advent this morning, Jesus the Messiah. Great. What a great theme Sunday. But just before we get into that, we've got a question for you to mm -hmm. talk about at home, or if you happen to be sitting with somebody else here this morning as well, or throughout the week watching this. Um, the question is, what is your favorite Christmas song? Do you have one? You know what? 
I'm not sure if I have a specific one. Um, I've got a long list of ones. I suppose the one that probably touches me the most though is maybe Silent Night. Oh, that's a, that's a good one. Oh, now my yeah. answer seems a little more, you know, foolish, but I, I love the walking in a winter wonderland song. That melody hits me in the head and I just, yeah. I feel all the time like I just want to be walking through snow covered trees, even though we barely get white yeah. Christmases here, but walking yeah. in a winter wonderland. Awesome. All right, Cedar Valley.
Good morning, Cedar Valley kids, and welcome to Second Advent. So if you did happen to miss Advent last week, then you're more than welcome to find it again. Um, you can find it on the church website or on YouTube. Um, and we're super excited to have you here and welcome to our new friends. If you haven't joined us here before, then we're so excited to have you here with us. And we are going to be reading from Journey to the Manger. Um, so this is our children's Advent book that we're using. If you don't have one of these yet, there's information here on the screen Pastor Grant will put there and you can contact the church and Pastor Doug will be more than excited um, to make sure that you have one of these for your family. And if you live far away, no problem to put it into the mail. So feel free to let us know and we're happy to get that to you. Um, today, if you do have this book already, you can start with me on day six and it's the story of Anna. Um, and I will read to you the scripture from Luke chapter 2, verse 36 first, and then we'll give some context to that. So it says, There was a prophetess named Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband only seven years from when she was a virgin, then as a widow until she was 84. That's a long time to be by yourself, right? She did not depart from the temple, worshiping and fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at the very hour, she began to give thanks to God and speak of him to all that were waiting for redemption of Jerusalem. So that last part there, there isn't really much context in it in this scripture, but that is specifically talking about when um, Joseph and Mary brought Jesus to the temple when he was 10 days old, so just a tiny baby, to be dedicated to the Lord. And that would be an incredible thing here. This lady has been living. So we don't know exactly how old she was when she got married, but she was only married for seven years. And then after that, because most often people were married quite young in Jewish culture, as far as the ladies. So she spent most of her life living at the temple pretty much. Like she just fasted and prayed and was waiting. She was waiting for God to reveal himself to her. Um, and so what a blessing that this woman, she's been fasting and praying and waiting on God and she gets to meet the Messiah. She gets to meet Jesus. And so it says that as she saw him, that very hour when he came, that she began to speak to him um, to all the people that were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. So the Messiah is who they're talking about, the Savior, the one who is coming to save them. And that is exactly what we're talking about today. Jesus, the Messiah. And we have another scripture, actually, um, the proclamation of the Messiah from Isaiah chapter 42, verses 1 to 4. And it says, take a good look at my servant. I'm backing him to the hilt. So that means like really, really equipped, ready to go, right? Um, he is the one that I chose, and I couldn't be more pleased with him. I've bathed him with my spirit, my life. He'll set everything right among the nations. So every single thing right, not just part of it. He won't call attention to what he does with loud speeches or gaudy parades. So he's a humble person. He won't brush aside the bruised and the hurt, and he won't disregard the small and insignificant. So God sees every person. Jesus, our Messiah, sees every person in every place of life, right? You matter to him. Every person matters to him but he'll, he'll steadily and firmly set things right. He won't tire out and he won't quit. So that's a true hero, right? He never gives up, he never stops, and he's working hard for our salvation. He won't be stopped until he's finished his work to set things right on earth. Far-flung ocean 
islands wait expectantly for his teaching. So not just here among us, but far away places, Jesus is reaching out. He finds a way to call us back to himself, to learn about who he is. And I love that part, especially right now in the midst of COVID. He won't be stopped until he's finished his work to set things right on the earth. Right now, I'm sure for your household and for ours, for lots of families, things don't feel right right now. Things feel uncertain and there's fear and a lot of things are different. Even the idea of Christmas and not being with our families necessarily. But Christmas, even though like today, Pastor Rob asked my son Silas what he was looking forward to or what he liked most about Christmas. And he said, time with family and friends. And that might not be something that we get to have in the same way this year, but that's okay because even though that's a blessing of Christmas, that's not the reason for Christmas. We focus on who Jesus is and why he came and what he's done for us. And being the Messiah, he is going to set all things right. And even though this Christmas things may look different, the reason for Christmas has not changed. And so we get to spend time learning about who God is and spend time enjoying who he is. And so kids, I really want you to just focus. We have a word for that, abide. That means just completely allow yourself to experience the thoughts of who Jesus is. So there's all these words that we're learning about who Jesus is as we go through Advent. And one of them is Messiah, which means the anointed one. And so we've sent to your family this week um, some work pages that you can do about the birth of the Messiah. So there's some relevant words that you can look for in the word search here. And then we've also got another one for some of the older children, or if you've got younger siblings, you can help them with this. But there's some questions here. And so it's just to kind of help you guys abide in that, right? To remember the reason for Christmas, why we celebrate, who Jesus is, and not to keep it to ourselves. You guys are still going to school, most of you, or have opportunity to be around others and maybe they're feeling fearful or sad about Christmas, you can remind them that the reason for Christmas hasn't changed. And you can invite them into the joy of remembering the fact that we still have so much to celebrate, so much to be thankful for, and that one day all things will be set right on earth and we have nothing to fear. So I hope you guys have an awesome, wonderful Christmas season. And I'm so thankful that we get to spend Advent together, even if it does look a little different. And I want to remind you of one last thing, which you might hear some other reminders about it, but our reverse Advent calendar, so excited about this. So instead of receiving, it's more about giving. So you guys get to focus on giving. And even if you're catching up only a little bit later, that's okay. All of these things, so it's December. Each day in December, it's something that you can put into a box. And then on Christmas Eve, you get to go to, even if you live far away, you could do this at your local food bank, but here we're doing it at the Mission Food Bank. And you get to put things into a box and bring those items to the food bank to give to those that are in need. So there's, on the back of these, um, you can again message the church and we'll get one of these to you. Um, but it's the calendar and then there's information about what the Advent calendar does and how it's helping other people in your community. So have an awesome Christmas, everyone. We love you so much and we'll see you soon. Hi, my name is Peggy. Today is the second Advent, and I will be hanging the second ornament on our tree and reading from the Names of Jesus book. His name is Messiah. Messiah is the Hebrew word for anointed one. In Greek, it's Christ. The star was his sign. God's people had looked for the Messiah to come for hundreds of years. 
They had waited, hoped, and prayed. He was to be their king. But that night, as the star shone, only a few noticed. The world was looking for a man of royalty, wealth, and power. No one recognized the King of Kings except for some shepherds, the angels, and a very few wise men. This Christmas, may we too worship him as our Messiah, the King of Kings. All those listed above include 14 generations from Abraham to David, 14 from David to the Babylonian exile, and 14 from the Babylonian exile to the Messiah. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit, Matthew 1, 17 to 18. Today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is the Messiah the Lord, Luke 2, 11. Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God, Matthew 16, 16. Hey Cedar Valley, we are in an Advent series looking at five names for Jesus. We're looking at the term or the name Messiah this morning. But before we get started, I need to make a correction. In last Sunday morning's opening, Grant asked me if I knew what my name, Robert, meant. I proudly answered that it meant strength. Well, it turns out that that is, uh, how can I put this, wrong. I'd like to think that I came by my answer honestly, that in some discussion at some point with my father, whose name is Robert Brian Eyre, I absorbed the definition of his middle name, Brian, which is actually strength, but it is more likely that I answered Grant's question um, from an, an aspirational motivation, like, oh, I wish my, my name meant strength. <laughs> As it turns out, Robert is an old German name, which means bright fame. I mean, what do you do with that? I, I like to think I'm pretty bright, but famous? And if I couple the meaning of my first name with the meaning of my middle name, which is Thomas, meaning leader, then what I'm faced with is this, a bright, famous leader? Little did you know who you were hiring when you hired me as your transitional pastor. All of this to begin wondering this morning, do we live up to or do we live into the meaning of our names? Are we being somewhat prophetic even as parents intentionally or not? and how we name our children, and the naming of them. Do we give them family names? The first names of the grandparents becoming the middle names of our children, for instance. Or do we just name our children because we like the sound of a certain name? Or have we tried to be cool and name our children something unique and ear-catching, like this is my son Thor, because we're really into the Marvel movies. Or how about this one? What about naming your child Christian? Is that, is that going to put a little pressure on that kid to, you know, become a Christian? Here's one thing I do know. Jesus lived 
up to and into his names, all 198 of them. We are looking at five of them, as I mentioned earlier, through this Advent series, which Pastor Doug started last Sunday with Jesus' first name, Jesus. So, trick question. What's Jesus' second name? And I'm going to give you a second to comment on that, and now I will mimic the Jeopardy theme to give you some time to do that. Okay, that's good. Take another second. Here's what I'd say. If you answered Christ as Jesus' second name, you are mostly correct. And I say mostly for this reason. Think about your last name. My last name is Ayer, which marks me as a member of the Ayer family. I belong to the Ayers. I'm a child of Brian and Terry Ayer, born and bred in Ontario, Canada. I'm a part of the Ontario Ayers. If we think about Jesus in this way, Jesus' best last names are, are probably Jesus, the son of Joseph, identifying him with his father and his father's name in a patriarchal culture, or Jesus of Nazareth, or Jesus the Nazarene, naming the place where he grew up. But mostly, correct means just that. Mostly. In other words, it might make the most sense to think of Jesus' second name as Christ. Not because it's the last name of his parents, or because it's the name of the region from which he came, because it's neither. Christ might make the most sense as a second name for Jesus, because the word Christ isn't an adjective, it's a noun. It's actually a title. Christos, Christ, is the Greek equivalent of the Hebrew term, as we've seen on screen already, Messiah, the second name of Jesus, to be ironic, that we are looking at in this Advent series. Messiah, meaning, as Kate said earlier, the anointed one, the chosen one, from the Hebrew word Mashiach, so that the name Jesus Christ is the same as Jesus the Messiah, Jesus the Chosen One, Jesus the Anointed One. Now, we might ask, what's the big deal about someone being anointed? To which we would answer because of what it symbolizes. In the Bible, anointing someone with oil signified that they were being set apart for a particular role, for a special God-ordained purpose. In the Old Testament, people were anointed for the positions of prophet, priest, and king, all of which are positions of power. God told Elijah to anoint Elisha to succeed him as Israel's prophet. Aaron was anointed as the first high priest of Israel. And Samuel anointed both Saul and David as kings of Israel. So prophets, priests, and kings were anointed. Prophets, priests, and kings were kinds of messiahs, anointed ones, 
going about the work of God they were called to do for their times. But there was one coming who would fulfill all these roles. God was talking about him through his prophet Isaiah when he said, and again, as Katie read previously, and you can find this in Isaiah chapter 42, verses 1 through 4. And I'm reading from the message as Katie did earlier. So you can find it in your own translation or you can just close your eyes and listen. Remember, this is God talking about Jesus, his son. I am backing him to the hilt. He's the one I chose. I couldn't be more pleased with him. I've bathed him with my spirit, my life. He'll set everything right among the nations. He won't call attention to what he does with loud speeches or gaudy parades. He won't brush aside the bruised and the hurt. And he won't disregard the small and insignificant. But he'll steadily and firmly set things right. He won't tire out and quit. He won't be stopped until he's finished his work to set things right on earth. He is, of course, Jesus Christ. So how do we know this? There's four observations I'd make because of the miracles he did. John actually put it this way in his gospel. These miracles are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. Very cool. That's John chapter 20, verse 31. How do we know that Jesus is the one being referred to? Because of the eyewitness testimonies of those who saw what he did. Like Peter, who first said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And just saying it doesn't make it right, but Jesus accepted it. And that's interesting. There was no other way to explain the kinds of things he was doing. How do we know that Jesus is the Messiah? Because of his resurrection from the dead. Luke put it this way in the book of Acts, quoting Peter. And this is Acts chapter 10, verses 39 through 43 from the NIV. We, the apostles are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They, they killed him by hanging him on a tree, but God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. They ate and drank with him after. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him, that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sin through his name. And then finally, how do we know it's Jesus that God is talking about through Isaiah? Because he fulfills the roles of prophet, priest, and king. A prophet because he embodied and he taught the word of God as the Old Testament prophets did on behalf of God. A priest because his death on our behalf heals our relationship with God. Like the Old Testament priests offered up sacrifices in the temple on behalf of Israel for their forgiveness. 
and a king because after his resurrection, God gave Jesus all authority as Old Testament kings had to rule their people and their realms. But here's the catch. Jesus did not come to vanquish the Romans who subjugated the Jews as the Jews, Israel, the nation, had hoped for. Nope. That would have been too limited. Instead, Jesus was born on this earth, which we celebrate at Christmas, to vanquish everyone's all-time enemy, evil, which leads to death. He explained this to his disciples after he rose from the dead. And you can find this explanation in Luke chapter 24, verses 45 to 46. He opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Christ, speaking of himself, will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, describing what he did, and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning in Jerusalem, describing our mission. Have you ever had a problem that you couldn't fix? Sin, which leads to death, is that problem for humanity, all of humanity. All that we have done, all that we do, and all that we will do that separates us from the love and the wisdom of God is sin, is the evil that only Jesus can and did fix, not in the manger, but on the cross through his death and resurrection. This was actually Jesus' primary purpose for coming to the earth 2,000 plus years ago to deliver people spiritually from sin and death so that physically one day we will also be raised from the dead to live with him. Okay, all of this is really good Bible nerd stuff, but some might ask, what does this mean for me and my family and my friends? Well, in short, it means that Jesus solved a problem that we could never solve on our own. He defeated evil and death for our sake, fulfilling the promise God made way back in the garden. The very promise that Pastor Doug spoke of last Sunday, found in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. The evil of this world in Genesis 3.15, or Genesis 3, pictured as a snake in the garden, but embodied by those who pinned Jesus to the cross so many years later, that, that evil may have struck Jesus' heel, but Jesus crushed evil's head. By rising from the tomb, Jesus Christ, the chosen, the anointed one, gained power over death and evil and gave his followers that same power. But you might say, there's still a lot of evil and death in our world, right? This is why the Bible ends the way that it does, by describing a day when Jesus will come back to finish the job, a day we advent for, even as we wait symbolically in this season for his birth, we wait actually for his return for him to 
finish the job. He will then destroy the snake once and for all, and he will restore the goodness of the garden here on earth. Oh, I cannot wait. But we do. We advent. We wait. In the meantime, Christians, those who believe in Jesus and follow his ways, have all they need. So says Peter in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, to confront all kinds of evil and death as we wait for Christ's return to truly celebrate the victory over evil and death. So I suppose there's really only a pair of questions for us then. First, do you believe that Jesus is the Messiah? And if you do, what are the ways or how do you confront evil and death in your days? And this would be my simple answer to uh, those questions uh, depend on God's power and do the opposite of the what the world tends to do. So I'm going to give you an example. It's not sensational. It won't seem like I battled evil and death and threw down like I'm some kind of superhero like Thor. But I, I, I think we, we can and we do battle all sorts of evil and death in the little things when we are mindful of his loving and wise spirit in us and we make choices along those lines and do those kinds of things that he would do. Don't you? So here's my story. I had come home late one night recently from a church meeting. I was tired. I rolled up to our house on the lane, backed into our driveway, collected my stuff from my car, got out of that car, shut the door and locked it down. I was making my way to our front door when I spotted a neighbor's garage door wide open. I said to myself, I should go and tell him that his garage door is open because we've had some theft on the lane. That thought was the battle, by the way. My thoughts began, I'm tired, it's late. There aren't any lights on at his place. He's probably in bed. I don't want to wake him. These aren't, these aren't evil thoughts, right? But sometimes evil is just not doing the good thing you know you ought to do. That God's Spirit is even leading you to do. As James says in his letter, in James chapter 4, verse 17, whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. Ow. Then my thoughts turned ugly, really, if those weren't already pretty ugly. This guy, well, they're not really. These are, though. This guy is the most cantankerous and divisive person on the lane, actually. He even makes fun of our dog. Nobody likes him. Why should I help him? Wouldn't it serve him right if someone stole something from his garage because he left it wide open? I mean, how is he going to learn? So I was, I was tired, and I was in the middle of a battle, strongholds of thinking between knowing what I should do and justifying not doing it. I was battling evil and a death of a kind, particularly if someone would have stolen something. So I, I groaned a prayer like this, I don't want to do this, Lord. To which Jesus responded encouragingly, just, just go do it. Take every thought captive 
and make it obedient to Jesus Christ and his ways, says Paul. Okay, I answered. So I put my stuff down, walked to my neighbor's door, knocked on it, stepped six feet back and waited. Lights came up in the house and then on the doorstep, he opened the door, looked out, and he said, hey, Rob, what's up? Not sure if you know this, but you left your garage door open, I told him. I just, I just didn't want anyone to steal any of your stuff overnight. He responded with like visible relief. Oh, thanks, man. I, t- I totally forgot. Thanks a lot. So have a good night, I said as I walked away, feeling better about the whole thing, actually, and more. He might have gone to bed that night believing that not everyone on the lane was against him. Powered by God, battling against justifications, reaching to bless, some would say, confronting evil and death. A very good idea, Lord, to to do what I ended up doing. How about you? We'll end here. How do you battle against evil and death of things? And maybe I'll leave that as the last question. Let's pray. It feels melodramatic to say it that way, doesn't it? Um, How do we fight evil and death every day? But that power is at work in us. That power that Jesus demonstrated in his resurrection. His spirit. And so... Maybe we don't think of our days this way, but we we have chance every day with the things we think and do and say to to confront things that are evil and destructive and hurtful. We we have a chance every day to uh, confront things that are tending towards Um, death as opposed to life. Maybe that's how we can look at it. How can I bring life into my days, into my world? Not because we're trying to muster up the will to do it, but because we have his power within us and he's calling us in to do these kinds of things, the kinds of things that he did. Healing, listening, caring, loving, speaking the truth. Prophet, priest, King, thanks, Father, for uh, your word to us this morning. I pray that it would encourage us and challenge us to live our our very best uh, lives because you've given them to us. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen. God bless Cedar Valley. Thanks for joining everybody. This has been a great morning so far. Thank you, Pastor Rob, for bringing us Mm. a message. I I like that we're going through this Advent season with a real intentional look at different angles of Jesus' impact and reality in our lives. Mm -hmm. And it's going through the names and titles that he has given, but they all have unique unique ways that they ought to influence and transform our life, our way of interacting with the world around us and with him. Yeah, it's tough. You know, we've been through the Advent season, many of us, for so many years, to, to bring a different tact, a different look at it, I think it's, it's, a, it's a challenge, but I think it's useful. It just, I think it reinforces that our God is enormous mm-hmm. and that all of our thoughts and feelings towards Him, you know, can sort of change over the course of time. Absolutely. 
Yeah, and you know we have we we've, we've given some discussion questions here for all of you to work on ponder. Uh, right now, we're not doing the small group at home meeting kind of right. thing, but you know there are ways still to continue those discussions. Whether it's a phone call with a friend or family, somebody close to you, or make a Zoom call with your small group. Yeah, or head totally. up on the comment section here, Facebook, YouTube, stuff like that. Get the chat going, or get on a phone even. Yeah. And just call a buddy. Hey, did you see that? What do yeah. you think about that? Yeah, like we're doing right now, actually. Yeah, and because these are huge questions too. You know, I think these are not a get answered <laughs> no. and go home and finish off with your lunch like this is going to be a thing to work through and i right. think important and, and we kind of want to give you an example of just what that will look like going through this week of how to work through like how do you work through these kind of questions rob do you believe yeah these are high yeah. high level uh so do you believe that jesus is the messiah well that's yeah. that's a question only you can answer i have i hope i provided some theological sort of understanding as to why i think he's believable as messiah uh, and I'm, so, uh, do you want me to answer it for me, and then maybe you have some thoughts? Sure. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, I would say it becomes personal for me because I know I need a Messiah. I need an, a chosen one who can fix the problem of my damaged relationship with God, which is sin, the the separation, as I described earlier, that I I feel and have a sense of between my Creator who loves me and me and the choices I make and the things I do and the things I say. Hmm. Um, and, and that's, at once it's sobering, but the good news is I know that it's fixed so that when I do, it's not shame. It's not, you suck. It's sort of like, I, I am forgiven. And that creates actually a spirit of thankfulness, a spirit of graciousness, and, and actually some intention around forgiving others because I, I just think that's the better way so it's really personal that way for me yeah, I yeah. need I need a Messiah and so I uh, I'm grateful for Christ that he is yeah you well it's multifaceted right there's a lot of complexity to like do I believe you know sure. do I believe in Jesus do I believe this um, but I would even say for me that's standing out right now do I believe that Jesus is the Messiah the chosen one like you gave us that idea the anointed right. one right <laughs> And it has to start with a place of believing the Bible. Is this a worthwhile, reliable text too? Because you got yeah. to start trusting the things stated in there. Back, 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 back. It's all. Yeah. Like, but yeah. massively for me is that God sent his son, Jesus, incarnate as a man. Mm -hmm. This is whatever high theological talk. But the main reality is he back way up to Genesis. God created man as this idea to care for this earth, mm -hmm. earth to serve and everything mm -hmm. that. And sin enters the world, messes that whole thing up. Yep. Jesus is Adam 2.0. Like what the intention for it, God becoming man. Yeah, what the intention was to have this man living, serving underneath God, worshiping, loving, and spreading through the community. That Uniquely relating in this really cool, yeah. loving relationship, yeah. which is service because it is God. Yeah, and, and he achieved it. He lived his life yes. in that service, in yes. that accomplishment. So it's, it's that model for me. Yeah. Do I believe Jesus is the chosen one? Yes, because I see that living out. So it, it's exemplary, and right. there's so much more to it, but I'll leave it at that for this morning. Yeah, yeah. okay. Question two? Yeah. I'm going to let you answer this one first. Yeah, well, because you had it too. How morning. do you confront evil and death in your days, like through the course of the day? Yeah, well, I'd, I'd start on by strapping on, you know, the sword and I get a shield <laughs> ready for battle. Okay. <laughs> handle a sword, right. whatever. No, it, you know, trying to think of ways where I find that. I know for me, this whole season of COVID has been, because we're not hanging out and doing as many things, a lot of my interactions with friends and family and people has been more conversational based, more yeah. ideological based, um, worldview, philo philosophical almost. And 
I'm finding a need to be often, I, I'm not the most conflict, I'm not gonna just dive in and fight someone for the sake of it, but finding the need to not just passively allow toxic and corrosive frameworks of people's minds when it inhibits the ability to love people, to love God, to allow yeah. the outworking of grace and redemption come out in the world. So yeah. when you get like either ignorant racial statements in somebody's mind and, and kind of calling that out, but yeah, also with yeah. education. Yeah. So that's, that's one for me that I'm having less, God's giving me less patience with, not less patience with, less willingness to just ignore it. Yeah, no, and, I like that. Yeah. So it, it may be what Caitlin was talking about this morning, actually, uh, around anxiety, right? Mm. Like anxiety is destructive and corrosive. Mm -hmm. And it's not enough just to say to people, hey, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, because that always works, right? <laughs> it's like, it's yeah, pretty condescending. Yeah. Just don't worry. Because it, it never works. You're right. Yeah. Well, I don't know about never, but probably never. But if we're able to say, hey, it, these are anxious times. And if we're handling it a certain way because we know, we understand, we believe, we experience that, that God is in control, as Caitlin said, that he will make things right. He is making things right even now. Maybe there's a conversation you have with a friend who's really struggling. Like, okay, I can, I can understand why you'd struggle. Right. And maybe there's a window there where they say, well, how are you getting through? And there it is, right? Yeah. Then all of a yeah. sudden, you are confronting evil, which is... Satan saying, oh, you should be worried. This is all going really badly, yeah. right? Well, but not if we know there's someone in control who adores us. Not Usually. if we know that he isn't about the project of making things right. Yeah. Ooh, that makes sense? Yeah, there's some teaser there for another Advent, the Prince of Peace, eh? <laughs> next week. Oh, Join man. us next week when we talk about the Prince of Peace. Oof, nice, sweet. Have a great week, Cedar Valley. Continue this discussion going on. We're really excited to see where God leads you this week. Yeah, amen.